Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for all the amazing things you're doing in our midst. Lord, we praise you for the personal victories, God, that is going on right here in this place. Lord, so many conversations, so many people, so many places. Lord, we thank you for people like Rosanna, Lord, who found favor in a job and they're, they're leaving us, but Lord, they're in great hands because Jesus, you provide and you give favor. Lord, we thank you for just the words of confirmation, Lord, that you've given to, to Brandon for, for Bible college to teach the word. Lord, you're equipping and sending your people and we are so excited for the individual lives here. God, we're just amazed at the, the glory and grace you've given Sean and Mandy, Lord, as they're getting married this summer and have found just an amazing just union, God, of your power and your spirit and relationship. God, glory be to you and we thank you for that. Jesus, above all with this, God, we're so thankful for community. We're thankful for the lives and the individual workings that you have going on right before us. God, we pray that we would be defined not by our meeting, by our schedule, by our music, by our message, but Lord, by the love that we have in this place for each other, by the power of our gathering, Jesus, that that would be our defining. And so Lord, as we open up, God, just uh, tonight and we, we look at, Lord, your purposes for us in community, we ask that Jesus, you would bond us in ways that we've never known before. Jesus, that we would be one accord with one mind and one purpose and Jesus, that you would show us, God, what it means, Lord, to be in relationship to one another as you and I and the Father and Jesus are in relationship to us. So it is with that, Jesus, that we ask that every word would proceed, God, from your mouth and from your heart. So would you help us now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Awesome. So the past two weeks, we've been kind of trailing off from uh, what happened with the Chris Valaton and Kim Walker event. Raise your hand if you were there. Isn't that crazy? It's awesome. Still kind of like buzzing off the glory from that night. It was so cool. And uh, so we've been talking about identity theft because that was the whole theme of the Chris and Kim event was identity theft and knowing who you are and, and, and so many powerful truths. If you haven't like listened to it, if you weren't there on our Ustream channel, you can go there and download it. We'll probably give just you guys access to the audio. We haven't figured that out quite yet, but we'll have that message for you guys. But if you missed that, go check that out. And if you're first time with us tonight, you're catching the, the last of uh, our, our series called Identity Theft, which is talking about, you know, when God gives you the power and the strength and the knowledge to be who you are, to live out of that power, that then there's a war to keep that. There's a battle to keep your identity and there's an adversary that comes after us trying to question every single thing that God does and trying to isolate us and all these great things. Not great things, terrible things, wrong word. And, uh, and so we've been talking about how the enemy uh, wants us to think in the first week. The things he wants us to think about ourselves, the ways he wants us to doubt the living God, his word, his truth. Last week we talked about his specific tactics, the ways in which the enemy will, will work against you to try and make you vulnerable, to isolate you, to find you in position where his temptation can overcome your will and your truth. And so tonight, we're just gonna do a little quick highlight over, over a couple of details because there's so many things that, that matter in, in the past two weeks that all come together tonight for our community. And that's what we're gonna talk about is the power of community. Remember last week, the, the first tactic, the very first tactic that the enemy employs, remember that we were looking at Matthew uh, three and four. In Matthew four, it's that after Jesus has like, you know, the dove come on him and this is my son who I'm well pleased that Jesus then goes out and he spends 40 days fasting out in the wilderness. 
And after the 40 days when Jesus was hungry is when the temptation came. And we remember that the first truth we have to learn is that the enemy is going to be strategic in his timing and his temptation for when when you are weak and isolated. That there's a strategic element to your temptation that looks for your weakness, that looks for your isolation. And and within that, we talked about how lions, that the the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour and destroy. And we talked about how uh, lions, they they hunt, uh, they don't hunt herds. They hunt individual animals in herds. And that the goal of a lion is to go after the herd but isolate a single member of the herd. And if the lion can isolate the member from the herd, then they have their dinner. We have the most amazing YouTube video ever to show you right now, if you guys can handle it. So we're gonna kill the lights real quick. And this truth is gonna be forever solidified in your mind right now. (laughs) Ah, it's a little blurry. So the audio on here is terrible, so I'm gonna narrate it. So here's some, here's some, uh, what is this, water buffalo? Who's been to Africa before? For you guys, all right, sweet. See, got some water buffalo. Imagine if you're like filming this. So they're just like strolling along, la-di-da, pan over. And check this out. Behind these rocks, lions, lionesses technically. But they're sitting there, right? If you, you're like probably in your little Humvee, you're walking, you know, there's your old crossbar, you're watching this. So this is a person who's watching just disaster coming. This is, this is amazing. We're waiting. They know something's up. Something doesn't smell right. See that? So this is a really long video. <laughs> so you guys saw it, so, so that herd, the water buffalo comes, and they're like looking around, and there's five lionesses right there waiting. And what they do is they, they ambush the, the, the herd, and they picked off the little one. They picked off the little one, got it in there, and uh, this is crazy, watch, so, so they, they, they pull it in the water here, they're trying to, to get it, and uh, you'll see it, like, as if this is not the worst day of your life, here comes a crocodile, like, in, in a second. Some of you are like, this is my week right here, you know? <laughs> like, I just got picked off. You can kind of see the crocodile, see right there? See that? Trying to steal the baby water buffalo. Forgive me for just the power of illustration here. I promise you, (laughs) there's something that's gonna happen. So check this out. (laughs) 
check this out. So there's five lions, and here comes the mob. <laughs> here comes the herd. Look at that. And there goes the baby. The baby just joined. Baby's fine. Crazy? And look, what's even better is that now these water buffalo, they're like, they're like chasing after the lions here. Actually, it's still there. <laughs> Wait for it. Safe. Look at this. Look at that, on the run. Look how many water buffalo there are now. Isn't that crazy? Look how many came back. Because in the first shot, you didn't see that many, right? There weren't that many. There's like maybe like 20 or 30, but that is a ton. Look at them run. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> I love the water buffalo ran down and chased off every last one of them. And the baby's fine, like they have like crazy thick skin and so like kind of graphic is like, this isn't going as well as I thought it would be, you know, but it turns out great. It's, and it's such a powerful illustration for, for two things. First is in the nature of the attack that we're, we're coming against. That it comes when we're not looking, it comes when we're not expecting, when we're just enjoying a stroll, we're cruising through life. And the moment that one of us can be isolated, that is when the moment of the attack comes. But the second part of it is that the power of the community to go and redeem those who've been pulled astray, those who've been isolated, those who are in position where they're being attacked. It's so awesome that the statement that the water buffalo made is that you have to go through all of us before you get to this one. And that's the truth that we have here as we look at community is that what's happening here, if you've been part of our group, is you know that there's this cumulative strength, there's a cumulative passion and growing in our midst about our hearts and, and what we believe God has called us to. And, and there's such a powerful awareness of each other's lives that, that what's happening in the, the spiritual realm is that there are people that are contending on behalf of other hearts. There are people that are contending on the hearts of each other saying that if the enemy's gonna go after this person, he's gonna have to go through me first. And it's just like in the video where, where the, 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 the herd comes back. And the truth is that it is never God's intention for you to be isolated. It is never God's intention for you to be isolated. We talked just a little bit last week about Jesus being alone and, and that was for the purpose that Jesus would be uh, able to withstand the full, deep temptation of humanity and not fall. That he had to have a moment of the great temptation for him that he overcame. And he was alone, and that was, that was part of the strength. But it is not God's design for any one of us in this room to ever live life in isolation, ever. I don't care what you say, it's not biblical. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. We're called to cast each other up or, or uh, lay our burdens upon one another and like carry it together. 
Check out this, this verse from Proverbs 18, 18 verse one, it says this, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. It's crazy. And the second thing last week we talked about was that Satan will counter every truth of God with a lie. That Satan will, will take any truth, any good thing that is happening in your life with God, any uh, providential word or any move, any move in your heart. I was talking to somebody tonight that just, they felt clear as day last week that God was saying something to them. In the next couple days, it's like, did that really happen? Was that really God's voice? And, and that whole questioning comes in. And so there is a sequence in which God decrees and, and proclaims truth and then the devil schemes. The moment that God does anything positive in any one of our lives is the moment that the enemy is, is trying to steal that. The workings of God in that context are the enemy's ammo. He's gonna try and come against you. Mark 4 says that the kingdom of God is like a seed. Now why, like, it kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and I was reflecting on tonight that, that the kingdom of God is like a seed, and there's a, a great, uh, the great illustration here for us to find is that if the kingdom of God is a seed, I believe that God is like, we're in here, and he's like casting seed out, right? When you, when you have a touch from, from your heart, from what God does maybe in worship, or maybe a truth that hits your heart, like those are spiritual seeds that are, are being cast forward. And we know that 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says this about us. It says, we as the church, we are God's field. We are God's harvest. Stick with me here. So God decrees he, his truth in the form of seed across our, our, our room here. In the hearts of man, in the minds of man, he is casting seed. And it says that we are his field, we are his harvest. And so there is a planting that is going on in each one of our hearts whenever we come together. And Luke 10, 2 says what? It says the harvest is great, but though, what? The workers are few. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Let me break it down for, to you in this, this context. He says, I'm casting all the seed into these areas in the hearts of men, but the people who are willing to cultivate the harvest are few. So what God moves in our presence, he says, what moves in here, what moves in your heart, the people that are gonna come in your life and cultivate them and bring that to full harvest are few. There's no shortage of people who are talking about the Bible. Amen? He said, thinking that he's talking about the Bible. There's no shortage of evangelists. There's no shortage of people who are Christians, right? What there's a shortage of are the workers. There's a shortage of those who will live in community with us, allow the seeds to be cast, allow the word of God to enter our heart, and then manage and cultivate that into a harvest. Say amen if you're with me. That the power that happens is not, not simply that we, we have a good Bible verse, right? Like, oh, this is a brand new one, John 3, 16. You know, like no one's gonna be like, wow, that did everything for me. No, the work comes from when we hear God's truth and then in community, we have the power to apply it and live it out. Say amen if you know that the depth of your life is gonna be limited to the depth of your community. The depth of your life and the depth of your spiritual life are gonna be limited to the depth of your community. The Bible says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. We also know the, the Bible tells us that uh, don't be unequally yoked, and, and that's a great, great uh, metaphor for so many things, but here's the power in that illustration is that you, you have uh, two ox, right? One's like really big and one's really, really young. And you tie them together, and, and they, they try and pull, uh, 
don't know, like a plow or something. I forget what they pull back in the old days. Something heavy, right? Whose neck gets broken, the strong ox or the baby ox? The strong ox. The weak ox blows it so bad that the, the strong ox like loses it. And the strong ox's neck is what's broken. You will be limited in your personal depth and your personal conviction by the depth of those who have influence in your life. This is not a, we need to have a holy huddle. This is about living in a world, not as citizens of this world, but as citizens of, of the, the kingdom and of the truth. We have to live in community and in context of a fallen world, but those who have influence, those who shepherd our lives, those who we are aware for the hearts and minds of each other, that is where the power comes. That is where the application comes. That is when we say, man, I'm really wrestling with this issue. I'm really bummed out. And you get to choose, does your community tell you to go numb it out with alcohol or girls or something? Or they tell you, let's get on our knees, let's call some people, let's go play ping pong, let's do something. The power is going to come when the opportunity comes to you to say, I either choose truth or I choose a lie. And who is there going to be supporting each of those ideas? Bad company corrupts good morals. You need to have the community that you're amongst to be looking out for your best interests. The, the truth of the word of God in the context of a unified community, unified meaning sound purpose, sound mind of knowing that God is good, things like that, things that God has destined you for a great purpose. Truth in the word of God in the context of a community that believes that means transformation. Means transformation, that means that when, when God is, is moving in our midst, that he has an investment going forward and we make sure that that investment doesn't fall, that that investment yields. That's what the workers are for. It means that each one of us, we minister together. We minister together and make sure that when we are affected by God, that we see that we walk it out. We see that we live it out. We, we, we care for each other in that regard. The greatest breakthroughs of my life, and I'll, I'll argue, the greatest breakthrough of anyone's life often happens in the context of a supporting community. AA is not like a self-help YouTube video, right? Like, no one's like, yeah, that really helped, you know, thanks. No, like, there's a supporting community around it. Anybody who's trying to overcome anything in their life, I don't care what you say, there is an organization that assembles those people together once a week. And so the supporting community is the context for when you receive truth that you can apply it and work it out. And the opposite is, is I would say, was, is, is also true, is that the darkest moments of your life will come in the moments of your isolation. The darkest moments, the greatest challenges that you will encounter often are happening in the moments where you are isolated, alone, wandering, you are questioning. Those are the moments where you're ripe for the picking. I want to just leave just kind of this topic with this metaphor, this example. This is, this is real. In the Polynesian islands, there's no death penalty. They don't have capital punishment. You're on an island, right? Like, they're not going to wreck prisons. They're like, there's only 15 of us. What do we do, right? But when someone is guilty and the penalty, quote unquote, is death, you know what they do? is all, the entire island, all they decide is that they will not speak to, have food with, trade with, exchange with anybody that has, has done that, that crime. So if you've committed, let's say, murder or whatever, you won't go to prison, you won't get lashings, 
All that will happen is that everybody that you know that exists will ignore you and refuse to acknowledge your existence. That's heavy, right? And what happens is that within two weeks, two weeks of being ignored by all the people, you know, your community, two weeks of being isolated, as if you don't exist, they wander off and they're never seen again. They go and commit suicide. That's heavy. But it's the, the, the truth for us that if we choose to live a life completely isolated, it is a, a, a death penalty for our spiritual walk. When we, we choose to just say, I'm gonna walk it alone, we're, we're actually choosing to live in isolation. God never purposed for that. We wanna not just survive, but we wanna thrive. And one of the best ways in which we can serve the ministry of God, I get people all the time like, I want to serve, I want to volunteer. You know the first thing I tell everybody who asks me, I want to get involved and serve? I say the first thing that you need, and the greatest thing you really can do is just live life with us. Just hang around. Just be part of the community. Be part of what God is doing. Don't, don't get so caught up that you need to go, you know, do these great things and start all these programs and host these events. Like, that stuff's fine, but the most valuable thing that you can do, if, if you are looking to get involved here and serve in any capacity, the best way that you can do that is actually just to be in community. It's to just be, be affected by what God does and be looking out for those who are being affected and to, and to hold the line and to, to stand in solidarity for them. And we've been growing, which has been great. It's great problems to have. I mean, the, the depth of growth that's, I know so many of you guys are experiencing, it's so encouraging. But here's the challenge, is that I know like so many awesome people, and I feel like when I meet new people, I'm like, hey, you're gonna meet so-and-so, and you gotta, you know, like some of you guys are like, yeah, that's how I got plugged in, you know. And what's, what's challenging is that if you're new, if you're growing, and you, you're hungry, like to get into that, that the right relationships and to know enough people that kind of, you know, like that make you feel comfortable sometimes is hard. It's sometimes hard to walk in, everybody's all crowded by the pizza over there and, you know, everybody seems to have a friend and we're like, you know, walking in. You know, like sometimes it's hard to like kind of get in, but I trust that when we have relationships with each other that, that people feel like they're significant, they matter, and that's where the power comes from. The power doesn't come from the, the pulpit or the stage or the, the worship. I mean, that stuff is, is great, but it only serves as an initial investment. The harvest comes in the relationships. So, why the round tables? The round tables is that we want to give a context, an opportunity for a lot of us to meet each other. Just mix it up. Are you guys cool with that? You guys are like, this is terrifying. <laughs> so don't be afraid. This is gonna be super, super cool. So we have table leaders at every single table, but we know that people came here in kind of groups, right? You're like sitting next to people like you know, and you know, so we're gonna get you out of your skin. We're not gonna take forever on this, but it's gonna be vital. So. What we're gonna do is we're gonna mix some, th some things up, but you cannot go to the same table with somebody you drove in the same car with tonight. Deal? Or that you like, we'll meet in the parking lot at like 7.05, like you can't do that, all right? So, stay there. There's a, there's a method to the madness. Uh, if, if your favorite ice cream is chocolate. Stand up. Oh, liars. <laughs> Two? Come on. Three? Four? Good thing I wrote more of these. The series. The, 
That's, that's amazing. Okay, how about this? If you can name a line from a Justin Bieber song, stand up. <laughs> Man, so next week we're gonna talk about lying because it's like a stronghold here. All right, one more then. If you are originally from California, stand up. There we go. All right. Now move and find a new table. And we're gonna consolidate these tables, so make sure that uh, you join a table that, that will fill out, all right? Just make sure each table's full at the table. It's a little dry, go find a new one. Make sure you don't know as many people there. All right, did you guys mix up? I'm looking, it looks like we're kind of shuffled. Okay, so listen up. I'm gonna give you the first question. There was a TV show about, uh, I don't know, 70 months ago. It's called Take the Money and Run. Did anybody watch that? Take the Money and Run? One person, perfect. It's awesome. It's probably why it's not on the air anymore. So this show is amazing. So they have a briefcase of money, and they have two people, and there's a team. A briefcase of money that has a GPS on them and it'll track their whole moves. And the game is this, they have to hide that briefcase of money in one hour. And then after that hour, they have detectives that have, I think like three or four days, maybe two or three days. And the detectives have to like track your cell phone, they can track like anything on their vehicle, they can interrogate people. And their goal is to find the money. If the detectives find the money within 20 or 48 hours, the, the detectives get the money. But if they don't, then the person who hid the money gets the money and keeps it. So, imagine right now that you've been given a briefcase and in that briefcase is $1 million. $1 million in the briefcase. You have one hour to come up with your best scheme to hide it that will withstand 48 hours of investigation and search by somebody else. If someone finds it, you get none of it. If they don't find it, you keep all of it. So, what would you do and where would you hide it? All right, so that's our first question. You have a table leader there. They'll ask you a couple more questions, but that's the first one we're gonna kick off and start scheming. Make sure, um, make sure before you guys start sharing, introduce your names and, and uh, introduce yourselves. All right, there's, there's some debate on this question. So you cannot just keep the money, like they're gonna take you and they're gonna ask you and like question you. So you have to hide it, it's locked, all right? So everyone's like, I'll spend the money. Like, <laughs> nice try, you gotta hide it. All right, there you go. All right, you guys about done? You guys through the questions? So quick question. If you guys got to the question of who inspires you, who like influences the way you think, 
Raise your hand if you mention somebody that's like in this room. Is that crazy? Dang. That's more than I thought. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> so uh, anybody have something they want to share about like, anybody have like the most elaborate scheme to hide the million dollars an hour? Anybody want to share? Like it has to be really, really good. Really good. All right, is it Amanda? Yeah? It's Amanda, right? Come on, Amanda. Let me get you a mic. Trying to remember all my details. Um, first of all, I would get rid of the GPS somehow, probably put it on somebody else. Um, I would take the money out of the suitcase and then stash the suitcase somewhere else. Um, what else did I say? Flush it down the yeah, like flush the GPS down the toilet if I couldn't get it on somebody else. Something like that. Get the GPS off of me, take the money out of where it's supposed to be, place that somewhere where they won't be able to find it, and then place the suitcase in a little more of an obvious place. But, yeah. That's pretty loud. Sweet. Well, um, we're going to close our time here with uh, some prayer for our Salvador team, if that's cool with you guys. So if you're on the El Salvador team, you're going to come forward up here in the front. And then um, since we are a community, we are a family, um, I want to invite all of you guys up who wants to come and just lay hands on our team. And uh, we're going to have a few people just pray over our time. And we just covet your prayers just for... Uh, what God is sending, what you guys are sending. I mean, really, you guys are sending us, so, with your money, which is awesome, so. Yeah, lay hands, come on. So the El Salvador team, make sure you're, you're known here. Yeah, swarm them. So raise, raise your hand if you're an El Salvador team member so people know who they're laying hands on. All right, sorry about that. Yep. I want Austin to share a vision that he saw today for the team. Yeah, I, um, I, was, I just got this picture today of uh, what God was going to be doing with you guys. Um, I felt like as you guys were going to um, El Salvador, as you were there, like on the soil, on the land, like I saw this um, pot bucket of um, like oil, anointing oil, and I saw uh, like... Jesus was putting you guys into this, this bucket and um, he was anointing your feet with oil. And uh, I just saw like um, you, you guys, like individuals, wherever you were going, you were like anointing the ground where you're going. There's like a fragrance at like every point where your foot was, was at. And I felt like, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, everywhere you go, you guys are going to leave transformation. You guys are going to leave an, an imprint, an anointing, a power like um, of love. And um, I think it goes with that verse, like, anywhere you uh, put your foot, God will give you. And I just feel like um, God's releasing that to you, just empowerment, courage. And, um, yeah, everywhere you go, it's going to be changed. Like, not only when you're there will you see the impact, but when you leave, it's going to be impacted for the kingdom of God. And, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this trip, God. Thank you for the people that you have assigned to this trip, God. And um, I just feel like this ministry trip is going to be different 
than any of the other ministry trips. I feel like there is God has released an anointing over this group. There is unity here. You guys will be of like mind and of like spirit. I just I just see the love of God, the hand of God being extended through you. The love of God. I just feel like I just feel, you know, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be easy. Be yourselves because as you be yourself, you know, you're being a, a picture of Jesus. Oh, and I just pray, just, just release a protection over you, a hedge of protection over this group, Lord. I pray for divine assignments, divine encounters, Lord. Um, I just thank you that even though they're going to minister and they're going to be Jesus to these people, Lord, that they will see Jesus in those people as well. They will see Jesus in those people as well. And I just pray for just new anointings, new prayers, God. Yeah, we just just declare peace over this trip. No confusion. Flights will be on time. <laughs> no, nothing would be lost or stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I thank you for the angels that are assigned to them, God, that are going with them. <laughs> yeah. And for the joy, I feel like you guys are going to bring a joy to the people that you're going to encounter. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you're going to release strength over the people that you minister to as well. We thank you for this trip. We thank you for the shift that this, uh, that this trip represents in this ministry as well. God. Glory, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. That their hearts will be transformed as they go forth. And I just declare that none of you will come back the same. None of you will come back the same. of this prayer and we thank you for the testimonies yes we thank you for the testimonies that will be coming back Woo, glory and we just pray fire over this group oh in Jesus name thank you <laughs> amen So cool. Thank you guys. We will be uh, thinking about you guys while we leave. Thank you for sending us. We're so thrilled that you guys have sent us. It's awesome. So with that, um, you guys can hang out, meet more friends, hang out, exchange numbers, whatever. We'll do this every once in a while, but... Hopefully you guys met some cool people tonight. We'll see you guys next week in the chapel. God bless you. <laughs>